We have covered stories from the Revolutionary War, the War of Independence, the War of 1812, and most recently, both world wars. The weather can really mess things up on the battlefield when the stakes are as high as they can possibly be. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. The Snow Campaign was one of the first major military operations of that American Revolutionary War. Starting two days away from Christmas morning, these determined patriots had bigger gifts to deliver on this day in weather history. The soldiers and fighters in this had a very tough time getting anything accomplished, including not getting killed because of a very heavy snowfall, hence it being called the Snow Campaign of the Revolutionary War in 1775, which opened December 23rd and lasted a week, wrapping eventually on the 30th, two days away from the beginning of the next year. But to name an actual theater of war campaign is to recognize something truly impactful to its planning and its outcome. The two feet of snow reported at the American camp at Reedy River, North Carolina, would certainly qualify as impactful. To say that the winter of 1775 through 1776 was not conducive to American military operations would be a wild understatement. The American forces were pressed to employ oxen to trudge their equipment through the snow. And if it is winter and it is snow covered, it's going to be bitterly cold, and that made it impossible for them to build a new fort on the northwest edge of Boston Harbor. It was scheduled to be constructed over the period spanning December 1775 through February of 76. So obviously the planners are either new to the Americas or were suffering a collective head injury to think that this was a good time to do this. It was impossible. The ground was frozen. The men were in pain from the cold, yet they tried and found that this was just not going to work. It was here when George Washington sent General Charles Lee on a mission to Connecticut to recruit more men for war. But his plan also included a trip to New York City to prepare more essential defenses. But the weather made all of this a brutal endeavor. You see, it was over a week later after these orders were issued when Lee finally communicated by letter from New Haven. He said, and I quote, We have been so baffled by the weather that we only arrived here last night. But it also played into the favor of the American strategic intelligence. Washington got word that the British were planning something for Boston Harbor, but then he considered just how awful the weather was and how badly it was preventing his own army from moving much. He was confident, based on these facts, that it was likely the plan, but not for here. Likely, that could only have been intended for the South. Might that intelligence have been a decoy? Because of the cold and snow and lack of basically anything to keep them warm enough to be productive, the fighting was limited through 1775 and 76. But they did have some success, especially when they took down the British with relative ease shortly after a 30-hour snowstorm had hit. It was reported that on Christmas Day in 75, men struggled in snow 15 inches or about 40 centimeters deep. But just like how earlier I told you they tried breaking frozen ground off of Boston Harbor, here they go again. They actually did attempt to trudge through this intense snowfall accumulation. They worked at it for about eight days when finally a thaw set in and rain started to help melt those 40 centimeters. But, and this is a big but, this was another paralysis of a strategy commonly used in trench warfare. The melting snow created an impossibly bone-chilling flood in the nearby creeks. 
so that strategy was effectively off the table. Many in the expedition suffered frostbite before the end of what was called the snow campaign that started this day in weather history. Oh, hey, don't forget that coming up December 30th and 31st is our very first ever This Day in Weather History Year in Review show. It had to be a two-part special because, believe it or not, a ton happened on the weather scene in 2020. I know that COVID-19 had all of our attention, and rightfully so. So this is why you cannot miss December 30th for the international stories and those from the U.S. And then on the 31st, we go all Canada all the time. It's our very first year in review two-part show looking back at the weather events from around the world during this messed up year that was 2020. You can tweet at me online anytime at Mayday TWN. That's M-E-I-D-A-Y TWN. And let me know what you may want me to cover on this podcast in the new year. It never matters where in the world you are. I want to make sure this is a truly inclusive and global show. Tomorrow is December 24th, and for so many around the world, including me, it is celebrated as Christmas Eve. It is a big day and has big consequences for children who have been good all year long. But on December 24th, back in 1968, it had huge consequences for Apollo 8 astronauts Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders. They became the first humans to orbit another world. On this day in weather history, with me, your host, Chris May.